In this week's episode, we have Zoe Jones, who's just about to begin her new business in fertility coaching. Zoe, originally born in the Isle of Sheppey in Kent, joined the army at the young age of just 17 and has served for 24 years and managed to climb to W01, which is Garrison Sergeant Major. This is the highest non-commissioned soldier in the British Army. And with her long journey to self-discovery, she realised that she needed to follow what she felt she had been put on this earth to do, and that was to help people. And after her own fertility journey, she knew that she had to help women, men and couples going through the fertility challenges. She then went on to train in a numerous amount of therapies such as NLP, hypnotherapy, personal training and nutrition and is currently training in wound massage and reflexology. And in this episode you will hear about Zoe's inspirational story of stress, anxiety and not having an understanding of what her values were that kept her constantly conflicted in her life. And this is what she believed was responsible for many aspects of her life, such as imposter syndrome, fear of failure, habitual behaviours, and of course, her struggles with fertility. And now, how she has finally realised what self-actualisation is and how it felt like to conceive her son. Welcome Zoe to the Everyday Inspirational Podcast. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do? Yes, hi, good morning. Um, I'm Zoe Jones and um, I have been in the British Army for 24 years and today is my last day ever in the Army and tomorrow I become a, a civilian and I embark on my new life. So um, I'm waiting to move house and settle down, but um, I am a specialist in holistic fertility therapies. That's amazing. And wow, that is amazing that you've done all this and then you're actually going to be a civilian tomorrow. Well, I'm really looking forward to hearing all about your inspirational story. Um, Can you share it with us? today or with our listeners? Yeah, of course. So as I said, I, I, um, I've been in the army for about 24 years. I joined uh, when I was 17 years of age. I grew up on the Isle of Sheppey in Kent. Um, my sister was already in the army. Um, so I really looked up to her and I thought, yeah, this is what I want to do. She really enjoyed it. And so I thought, well, why not? So um, I served my 24 years and I did really well. I got to uh, one officer class one and I was a garrison sergeant major, was my final posting. Now, um, my army career, you know, it, it, was, it was fun, it was interesting, it was hard work. I mean, there was so, uh, there's such a, a range of emotions that I can talk about with being in the services. Um, you have that camaraderie, you have um, the banter, you have um, mates for life. And I have certainly joined, um, met a lot of people that I will just cherish forever. 
um, you come out with a lot of stories, but you do a really professional job and you, a lot of people count on you. Um, you experience a lot of different emotions like going away on tour, which I've um, served in Bosnia, Iraq, Afghanistan, I've been out to Canada. Um, and, you know, each, each of those tours comes back with a story. And it equally comes back with a lot of um, emotions that are kept in as well. So, um, so basically, I um, met my husband about nine years ago, and um, shortly after, I went out on a tour to Afghanistan, and um, we came back, and I think we were about thirty-three at the time, and we both knew that you know, this, it was serious. So we decided to um, try for a baby and nothing was happening for six months to a year. Uh, so we decided to get tested. And then um, they turned around and said, unfortunately, um, you are both gonna have to go through fertility treatment because your husband um, has got low sperm count. So um, we were quite devastated. We went back, we reevaluated a lot of things, and um, we then embarked on our um, fertility journey. And the first one, I just assumed it was going to happen. And I think we both did. Uh, and unfortunately, it didn't. And it really did send me, um, how can I say, I felt that I weren't in control of. Um, my own life anymore mm. and I kind of I didn't go off the rails but I, I was I was really just in loss I, I just didn't know what to do um I had an argument with Adrian and I said well I don't think you just want to I didn't think you wanted to marry me and all this had failed and I thought that was it it was the end um and afterwards uh, I think about a week later, he sent me an email <laughs> at work asking me if I if he wanted to get married, uh, which is not his most romantic uh, gesture at all. And when I saw him, I said, "Are you for real?" So we 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 decided. And when I was um, having a moan to him, saying he wouldn't want to marry me, he he'd already asked my father anyway. <laughs> so within three months, we'd got married. Mm. Um, and there were many reasons why we got married, clearly, because we loved each other. But uh, one of the main reasons was so we could live together and um, embark on our fertility journey properly without the added stress of packing a bag every night to go and see each other. So um, we now we both smoked previously, which clearly didn't help the situation. So we, we'd both managed to pack that in before, even before the IVF started. Um, and then uh, we tried again about six months or so later, and I did get pregnant, but it didn't last uh, long uh, when I miscarried. Um, but by then I turned myself around. I was quite strict on my nutrition and I decided to really give this a go. Um, the only issue is I was very busy in work at the time. I was a sergeant major within a, a battalion and uh, it was really busy work. Now, the thing is, 
I really pride myself on um, doing a really good job and making sure everyone gets what they need. Unfortunately, this puts a lot of pressure on myself. And at the time, it was really, really busy, but really frustrating because the leadership wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't the best and we were fighting losing battles. So what happened? Um, I knew I couldn't control things and I couldn't control the IVF. And suddenly my, my fears and anxieties really hit home and I had to have a bit of time off work. And I went home and I spoke to my father and he said, um, when I say home, that sounds really weird. When I say home, I mean my parents' house, mm -hmm. you know, because it's always kind of been my grounding. Yeah. Um, and I spoke to my father and he said, so, and the, really quite profound what he said. He said, you know, you can't control everything. And it dawned on me and I thought, I can't, you know. So this was the beginning of my journey of, discovering myself but also discovering that finally one day I would be um, someone to help others and so I went on a neuro-linguistic programming course and it, it's a course that would change my life but also how I treated people how I communicated with people um, and how I really communicated with myself so I did understand that I've got to respect other people's ways of the way they think about the world. And the way I think about the world is also different. But when, when you're in the, the armed forces, you're all in the uniform and it makes you think that you're all one person and you've got to, and, and everyone's got the same values and everyone's got the same outlooks. Um, but this is not quite, true you know everyone just because they're in that uniform has still got their own thoughts and values and their own beliefs and that's what I discovered and then I thought I need to discover my own values who am I what am I I've been in this uniform for I think at the time it was about 18 or so years and I just didn't understand the person I was so um throughout the fertility journey i started to understand myself more and more so every time i had a failure i had to look at it as yes it was a failure but what have i learned out of it and i took those learnings forward each time we we tried again so um i think the third round of ivf was about six months later or so and um, once again, unfortunately, it didn't work, but there was another reason this time it didn't work. Every time there was a different reason. Um, and I think this time uh, we didn't even have any fertilization of the embryos. Um, and then we, so we then tried again for the fourth time. And once again, that didn't work. And I think by then I was, I was at the sort of end of my tether thinking, what have I got to do here? I've got my nutrition right. Um, I've worked out, you know, personally worked out some emotional issues. Um, I've grown as a person, you know, what more do I need to learn? And I, I just didn't understand what it was that I needed to take forward this time. So by, by this uh, stage, we'd moved to a different unit and we were in a different house, 
once again meeting different people getting to know a different job you know so actually these these things that change all the time i realized well this could be adding to my stress as well and with the work side of it you know in the army you've you've always got inspections coming up you've always you always kind of feel like you're being tested um which is only right you know this happens in any workplace and i get that um the other thing is if you know you're not living by your values um and some and sometimes the army does disguise that because you sometimes don't understand where your values lie because the army holds a set of values as well and you live by that and sometimes you forget your own um so we knew so going back to the ivf the fertility treatment the doctors uh, basically said right you've got two options here you, you can either try a different medication or you could go for donor eggs now because it, it the fertility issue lied with my husband at first it was now coming into my lap so i felt an enormous amount of pressure um, with that as well i felt responsible so to know that uh, i was being offered donor eggs just didn't sit right with me I thought that is one of my options, but not yet. I'm not ready to try that yet. So we decided to go for the um, different medication. But because we were spending so much money on um, fertility treatment, we decided to go abroad where it was slightly cheaper, but we had heard really good things about a clinic in Czech Republic. So we went out there and we told them our story and they said right okay we're going to change your medications so so they did but something changed this time i said to my husband let's throw everything at this everything that we've got if we've got the money let's do it so i went to see a therapist um who actually really changed the way i viewed uh, a few things and i'll cover that in a minute um what else did I do? I had various tests done as well, just to see if that would work. Um, but the number one thing was going to see the therapist. And I, I saw her for about six sessions. Oh, uh, fertility massage. Sorry, I did go through that as well, which I'm now trained in. Um, absolutely fantastic um, bit of therapy you could get. It's not just the massages. It's overall just healing. It's really, really nice. Um, but I went to see this therapist and she taught me uh, emotional freedom techniques. But she worked on my values. And that was the very first time that I understood what my values were. And something overnight had changed in me. And I went back to work and I lived by my values, what I wanted out of the army, not what somebody else wanted out of me. And with that, I just knew, I knew I was going to get pregnant. Um, so along with the, the nutrition, I did the fertility massage and uh, the therapy, I, I felt self-actualized. And it was the first time in my whole life that I'd felt whole. I'd felt, I knew where my center was. So we went for the treatment 
very anxious still, as you can imagine. And then you, what, what you've got to do is go through what you call a two week wait. Mm -hmm. Now, every time I went through the two week wait, I was just like absolutely uh, beside myself. But this time I was really calm. I still had slight anxieties, but I was calm. And what happened in the past, I'd always go and test a little bit early and then feel disappointed if it's negative. Well, of course, it's going to be negative because, you know, you've tested too early and you know it. But this time I waited until the day I could test and I just knew it was going to be positive. And I said to my husband and then I had a go at my husband's. We had a little argument because it was positive. I then got scared. I went, I know this is going to happen and I'm really scared. Um, so I had to cry to myself. I didn't know whether to laugh or cry or anything, but I just knew it was going to work. And then my little baby was growing and growing and in work, everyone was just so happy for me because I did tell them about my journey. I did. I found it uh, a lot better to be honest. And, um, but in this time, in this time, I also figured out what I wanted out of life and what I knew I didn't want anymore. So I knew I wanted to help people. So I started going to a counselling course, uh, counselling level one and two I did. And that really helped me as well. It helped me understand who I was and um, where my, my insecurities were. And I just still felt I was growing, but I just felt whole still. And, you know, I was still probably a little bit angry, I must admit. So I still had a few little things to sort out. Um, so we went for our scan and my husband uh, knew what sex we were going to have and I didn't. And then he made me a cake. Um, he filled it with either blue or pink icing. And I must admit, when I was cutting that, I thought it was going to be pink for some reason because I've got a load of nieces. So I just assumed that we were going to have uh, um, a girl. And it weren't, it was a boy. And I was like, no way, I couldn't believe it. I was so made up over the moon. And um, anyway, yes, yeah, so we just kept going and I, I kept doing my courses. And because I loved emotional freedom techniques so much, it really helped me, especially just before the birth as well. I um, had to release some fears and that's how I did it um, using EFT. So... I, uh, I embarked on loads of courses, life coaching. Um, I also, also got leadership and management uh, level six out of the army. So that's really good for the army as well. You could get some really good qualifications. Um, and then Lloyd's come along. My son, who is now two, he is the light of my life, bless him. Mm -hmm. um, and I was the happiest I've ever been. It was just so amazing. I was so calm. And then six months later, after his birth, we decided to go back and try again. Because by then, I think I was 39, I believe. And my husband was 39 as well. Um, so we um, went back to the Czech Republic. We had another go. And I got pregnant. And I was like, quite scared because Lloyd was still only six months, but we did it for a good reason. And I went for my uh, eight week scan, early scan, and the heartbeat was, wasn't strong. So they said, listen, you're gonna have to come back next week. And I went back 
it was still there, but it was still very weak. So we had to go back again. A week later, we went back and uh, the heartbeat was still there, but there was no growth in the fetus, in the fetal pole. So they said, listen, just come back another week. Now this is three agonizing weeks. And eventually we went back and there was no heartbeat. And it's such a, feel, a weird feeling of knowing something's grown inside you and but you're waiting for it to die because you know it's not going to survive you just know it's not going to survive so that was really tough and um i had to have a dnc um and i i kind of um that really hit me hard that one mm-hmm. and so it took me another six months to try again so we had quite a few embryos uh fertilized embryos from this round Mm. so we went back um and it didn't work again and i just by this stage i was i was in another job uh within the army and it was my final job but it was really quite taxing so i think i understood why it wasn't working maybe i was too stressed so i said to my husband I said, listen, I can't do this until I'm out of the army. I think maybe we might have had one more go. I can't remember. I think that was the time. It was last year. That was the time when I said to him, I can't do this until I'm out of the army. Um, When I'm just sort of working um, or out of work, I know I'll have Lloyd, but at least I'll have my own mind and I, I won't be working and I won't have the stresses. So basically, that's where we are at the moment. I left the uh, army for my termination leave in December. I've, for four months, uh, decided to start work on my business, which is being a specialist in holistic fertility therapies. Um, I've recently just done a reflexology course and a fertility massage course. So I can add to... um, my repertoire and add to me being able to help others in their fertility journey because I've learned so much going through this emotionally, physically, nutritionally, um, you name it. I just know what it means to be self-actualized and I want to share that with people. So I'm currently writing uh, my online course at the moment. and I just want to help people. I, I, I really want to be able to see them complete their fertility journey and get their ha- happiness. And I know people that have embarked on a fertility journey have also gone through many, many emotional changes. And I think you should as well, because if you don't learn from what you go through, the bad times, if you don't learn from it, then you're not going to grow. You're not going to get any better. You're not going to change things. You're just going to stay as you are and expect things to change when you're not changing. So you've really, really got to um, learn from anything that is adversity, any sort of adversity that you go through, you've got to learn from it. Absolutely. So um, I'd just like to say one more thing is that last summer I was meant to have two embryos 
put uh, implanted and I forgot to ask them so they only implanted one and that was my subconscious mind telling me I wasn't ready yet and I know that next time I go which is unfortunately been put on hold because of COVID-19 um, I know that it's going to work I've got this funny feeling that w my family's not complete yet and if it's if it doesn't it's fine it's fine it's you know um adoption still not out of, uh you know out the question yet um or we may just accept that this is our family and that is fine with me i'm more than happy okay. anyway there we go <laughs> thank you so much zoe i mean it's amazing your story's amazing and how you have actually grown from this and what you want to then share with other people i think that i don't think you could ask for a better coach support system that somebody who's already going through it to be able to do that um, i think that that is a unique thing that people go through so to have somebody who has experienced it who can support them who can mentor them and also take that space for them while they're doing it and give them well, I know because we've had this conversation before, but the amount that you have the knowledge and hands-on therapies as well as mental, emotional uh, support that you can give them is amazing. So if anybody is going through uh, fertility or even just anything that um, just uh, those details will be below the podcast here, um, please get in touch. Now, I just want to ask you one thing, Zoe, if you could leave one thing with the, the listeners uh, today, what would it be? I, I certainly think that you have to live by your values. They're the things that are uh, the core values that make you want to get up in the morning. They make you want to live your life. Now, if you live outside your values, you will be in it constant in a conflict and that will only sit in your subconscious mind causing um behaviors that you don't really want to feel um maybe even habits that you don't want to really have um so let's not have those in the conflicts find out what your values are and live by them um and i think face your fears as well sorry i know i'm going on both of them they're both Honestly, amazing things to really align who you truly are, you know, like yeah. no matter what you're going through, your values are everything. And like fear is something that if, if you don't face it, it can just eat you up and yeah. prisoner within your own mind and body. So I totally and utterly mirror those advice as well. So yeah. I firmly believe you've got to go there to come back. Yeah. Um, and if you if you don't, you'll never know. Yep, definitely. Yeah. Well, I just want to end by saying thank you so much um, for being a guest on our podcast. And I just want to say bye-bye to our listeners. Thank you. Bye.